Well, good morning, everyone, again, and it's great to have the Abel family with us this morning. So thrilled to have you guys back home and uh, from the nice, warm Texas is what Wisconsinites would say, but you know better now, and uh, no, we're thrilled to, to have you guys with us. Do you want uh, yeah, Amy just, and... My son, Josiah, isn't he handsome? So they'll be around. You can talk to them later, too. And thank you for coming up. And Josiah would like to lead us in a prayer before we talk. Let's bless this time. Bow our heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this opportunity today to just gather here. Uh, some people around the world don't have this opportunity, so we're very gracious. Uh, please bless the conversation between uh, Pastor Stephen and, and my dad, and please... Uh, open the hearts of the people in the in the congregation today to to take and to understand what they're talking about because it's real and it happens and I've seen it happen. So, Lord Jesus, please bless this talk, bless the hearts of these people. In your name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Josiah. And Amy, it's great to see you guys as well. Um, as you heard, we have clearly the Abel family with us this morning. And if you didn't know, they. Uh, used to be members of our church and have their roots deep here in Sheboygan County with family, uh, family members still in our church, and we're grateful for that. Um, but they're involved now with this organization, Remember New, that's in the space of present, uh, preventing uh, child sex slavery. And so, so grateful for the work that you guys do. For many of us who know Bob and Amy and the boys, there are some with us who don't. So, Bob, would you just kind of introduce you, yourself, your family, and, uh, and remember new to sure. our church? Sure, love to. Uh, after the first service, someone said, wow, you're really shaking up there. Were you nervous? And I thought, wow, really, was I? Um, first of all, the dark roast coffee here, no joke. <laughs> and it's... 30 degrees colder here this morning than what it was in Texas. So I'm like, I'm freezing in here. But anyway. Glad God sent you there and let me stay here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, as uh, Pastor Stephen said, we're part of an organization called Remember New. It's NHU. New is the namesake of the organization. And she was trafficked when she was 14 years old and spent uh, three times in a hotel room with a man for three day periods. And during that time, there was a school nearby and she looked out the window and she said, Lord, let, this be the, let me be the last person that this ever happens to. And that prayer just vaulted uh, people and changed the trajectory of people's lives, including ours in just indescribable ways. And that's why we're here this morning because of that young girl's prayer at that time. So Remember New is an organization that prevents child sex slavery. So we identify children that are at risk of entering the sex trade, and we invite them into a safe home environment with uh, parents, either in a children's home or in a foster care situation, or we do village restoration ministry, and we provide for their physical, spiritual, emotional, and educational needs. We're in 18 different countries right now. We have uh, about 1,800 kids currently living with us, 
and we, uh, we've worked with over 2,500 children during our past 14, 15 years, something like that. Uh, and so I, I'm sure that you would agree with me in being very grateful for the work that they're doing around the world and rescuing children from these horrific atrocities. There is a, a, about a four-minute video that gives a really good picture of this work. So why don't you go ahead and turn your attentions to the screens. There were so many men in the street who were waiting for girls and waiting for women so that they can take them and take advantage of them. I was being forced to be circumcised. We are abused from family members. It was very hard to survive there. The United Nations currently estimates that at least 40 million people are being trafficked at any one point in time. 79% of those enslaved are women and children. Men are looking for girls who are wandering around the village and they catch them and go with them away. 1.2 million children are trafficked each year in the worldwide sex trade, more than ever before in history. Kenya stands out as the East African hub for the sex trafficking of children. It's estimated that there are over 50,000 children in the commercial sex trade in Kenya alone. The vast majority enter the trade through a parent, family member, or family friend. My life was miserable. I didn't feel safe. Some girls like me were raped or kidnapped. Poverty, the breakdown of the family, addiction, and a lack of opportunity all contribute to making a society where selling children is an option. Remember New is here to offer a better way to redirect the lives of children at risk to end child sex trafficking through prevention. Our staff work with community leaders to identify children at risk and offer to raise them in a safe, secure home. Instead of a life of worry, each child is raised in a loving environment with other children from their community. They have their own bed to sleep in and three meals a day. They attend school, have daily devotions, and help out around the house. On Sunday, they go to church, and perhaps for the first time, they can relax, play, and not worry about where their next meal is coming from. They leave our home as educated, independent young adults. Our research shows that our involvement in a community reduces the risk of a child being used in the sex trade by 77%. Since I came to remember no, my love's changed. I feel loved. Thank you for sponsoring me, taking me from street to here. Now I have a better life. When Remember No came and helped me, my life started changing. I am born again. I would like to tell the sponsors that I love them. May God bless them for the work of their hands. When I am remember no, I'm so happy because I can type at a laptop or computer. Last year, I graduated from high school with stupendous results and I thank God because I am now finding hope. I want to be an accountant so that when I get money, I will help the need. When I grow up, I want to work with the Remember No team. I want to be a doctor. 
I would like to become a neurosurgeon. I would like to rescue other girls. I like to be a liar so that I can fight for the rights of children and for people who can't help themselves. Sponsorship is at the heart of Remember New. It's what makes this prevention possible. Through the monthly giving of sponsors, children can grow up happy, healthy, and safe from the sex trade. To partner with us and to learn more, please visit RememberNew.org. want to pray again. Lord, I ask that you would break our heart for what breaks your heart. Lord, I ask that your Holy Spirit would prod us and provoke us to not be okay knowing those things and doing nothing. Would you not let us turn a blind eye? Would you not let us Marry our vision to our own comfort and convenience and luxury and leisure and pleasures. Holy Spirit, compel us with the love of Christ to help, to save, and to give glory to your name, the name of Jesus. Amen. I, I, I would assume that that video was effective in doing two things. In grieving your heart over the evils around the world, not only around the world, in our community as well, um, these evils, um, and that too, it would stir hope in you, hearing those stories, hearing those kids say, I want to be a neurosurgeon, I want to be a lawyer to, to fight to, for the rights of kids, man, how beautiful. Um, I recently watched uh, the movie in theaters, The Sound of Freedom, and uh, I went home and cried for a while and hugged my girls real tight and just snuggled them on the couch and then uh, talked to my wife and said, we can't not do anything. We can't pretend we don't know. And if there is a, a people group in the world who should be most visible, most present, most active in bringing justice to these injustices, I believe it's the church. Amen? And if we're not, shame on us. And we know now, and we probably knew, but um, by the grace of God, may we be a church, our church, Word of Grace, be a church that responds valiantly that responds with courage from the Holy Spirit that responds with conviction of our responsibility to not just be okay that these things are happening and be thankful they're not happening to us Bob how did you guys get involved in this area it's an amazing story and I'll just share part of it about was it 15 years ago? Maybe I was on a mission trip to Philadelphia. I was leading that mission trip, and we were by the 
library steps where Rocky Balboa ran up the steps. Remember that? So I had a race with my youth group, and there was a couple kids I picked out that I thought I could beat. And uh, after I was resuscitated, I walked back with one of the, the, the leaders in that area and asked her what she had been up to and how she got to this point, and she said that she had been involved in a mission that prevented child sex slavery. I didn't really know much about it. I thought it was a, an incredible thing. And then we became Facebook friends, which is what you do, and then we didn't talk to each other again for two years, which is what you do. But I was at a point where my older daughter and I were going to go on a father-daughter trip somewhere, and it just so happened that uh, God led us to back to her. And she said, you need to go and see a Remember New Ministry. And we said, no, that's too far away and that's too expensive. But we ended up in Thailand, in Chiang Mai, Thailand, and it changed the trajectory of our lives. I was walking down a dirt road where the children's home was, and it hit me that these children who were at risk of sexual exploitation, who were at risk of eternal damnation because they hadn't heard the gospel, the only reason is they, they were born there. And they didn't have a choice. They didn't choose where they were born. That was it. And it struck me as to, what am I supposed to do with that, Lord? Why was I born in a place where we can have affluence, where we can get an education, where we can hear the gospel, because there's a church everywhere? What was I supposed to do with that, Lord? Why did I have that just because of where I was born? And what am I supposed to do with that? So we fell and I fell in love with the ministry and uh, later Amy and my family did. But we, uh, I saw a, a ministry where kids were not only being kept free in this world, they were hearing the gospel, they were coming to know the Lord and they were kept free for eternity. And then they were being launched back into their villages and they were spreading the gospel. And I thought, here is a group of, of kids that were so vulnerable that were not seen, and Satan thought, I'm going to take these kids out, and now they came to know the Lord, and they're working, and they're taking him out, and I thought, this is awesome. He's raising up a generation of missionaries from kids that no one, no one thought, no one even, no one, see, no one saw. So in 2017, we left our pastoral ministry. We had a church in Sheboygan that we planted, and we dove headfirst into missions full-time. We spent some time out here when uh, there used to be a basketball court there, Amy and I did, and we spent some time praying, and we tried to convince ourselves how stupid it was. And the Lord just said, hey, if these were your kids and you knew someone that could do something about that, what would you ask them to do? And we thought, well, we've got options, but these kids don't. And so, okay, Lord, we'll follow you. And, and here we are. Well, thank you for sharing that story. And it's really compelling. I love hearing about the conversation that started it all. Um, it's easy for us, I think, to hear these things and where we live in our lives and Let's face it, Sheboygan County is really uh, Mayberry. Um, it's easy to live just American dream here with your head in the clouds, so to speak. Um, 
and it's easy to hear these things and go, man, I'm so glad the Able family's in that space, and I'm so glad that there's organizations like Remember New and locally like Freedom Cry and um, uh, Keep Up the Good Work. And so if for us, even though not all of us have the same call that you have and your family has or the same call that those with Remember New have gone and lived in these places, we might not share that same call yet. I would believe, and I know you do as well, that Scripture does have calls to all of us to be involved in these places. What would you share that is the biblical perspective for participation? Well, I think first of all, when we talk about discerning our call and praying through that, that's just an excuse for not living our call. I'll just be blunt. The call is there. End of, end of Matthew. You'll go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them what I have taught you. Not only head knowledge, but doing what I have asked you to do, showing people what it looks like to be me in my hands and feet. So we have our call. We have that call. Now it's just a matter of how are we going to live that out, where we're at, and being willing, and then the Lord will lead us to that. And so often through Scripture, if you have your phone, you can Google it now, and I won't be offended that you're on Facebook or anything, but uh, look at how many times in Scripture God says, watch out for the, the widow, the orphan, and the foreigner, these vulnerable people groups. We get to the book of James, which I know just a little bit ago you all were looking at, and it says in James 1, I think it's verse 27, paraphrasing, pure religion, pure walk with, with the Lord, pure Christianity is this, that you would take care of the widow, the orphan, and the foreigner, and then you would keep yourself from being polluted by the things of the world. It's a pretty clear mandate as to what it looks like. It's not complicated. We don't need to overcomplicate it. I would add to that Psalm 82 uh, verses 3 and 4 it says, Give justice to the weak and the fatherless. Maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute. Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. That's pretty clear. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 17. This is uh, Isaiah chapter 1 is for the most part a judgment of God through the mouth of the prophet Isaiah to the people of Israel for their sin, for their hardness of heart, for their disobedience, for their wandering and turning away from God. And in the midst of the judgments that were being pronounced on those disobedient and rebellious Israelites, at verse 17, he slides in these statements. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless. Plead the widow's cause. And of course, not too long ago, we were in Matthew chapter 25, where we saw Jesus sharing that when the kingdom comes, there will be people who hear from the master, hey, when I was sick, you visited me. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was in prison, you visited me. And those people will say, when did we come and visit you? When did we feed you? When did we clothe you? When did we come and see you? And to them, the master, King Jesus, would say, when you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. And so this most definitely, these children, are for certain the least of these 
who we can love and serve and visit and feed and clothe and educate and all the wonderful things uh, that Remember New is doing throughout the world. And I would remind you further that Jesus not only said, blessed are you for having done those things, but then he goes on to say, for those who did not, you didn't feed me, you didn't clothe me, you didn't see me, you didn't visit me. And they will say, well, when did we see you and not do those things? When you saw the least of these and you did not do it for them, you did not do it to me. And judgment was cast upon them. And so the, the biblical mandate, and of course, as you know, we just recently went through the book of James and over and over and over in the book of James where James is saying, hey, if you have true faith, authentic, genuine faith, it won't be a faith that just comes out of your mouth but in a faith that is acted upon in good deeds and good works. And over and over, in James's letter, it's cited as caring for the needy, the poor, the widow, the orphan, and of course, um, these kids who cannot do anything to fix their situation. Bob, I, I know we've heard these uh, horrendous statistics and things that have happened to these kids I want to hear some hope. I want to hear some of the praise reports, some of these redemption stories of what God's done uh, that you've heard and seen. Yeah, absolutely. I think in order to fully grasp that, I'm going to need to share some of those statistics and stories yeah. too. There is a child, sometimes as young as three, we've heard of children at 18 months, who are sold every 30 seconds for the first time. So I want you to imagine the seat that you're sitting in and there's a child in there, and every two and a half hours, a new child comes in and sits down, and they're sold. And it happens over and over and over and over, and then it happens over and over and over and over and over again. Every 30 seconds, a child is sold for the first time somewhere in this world, and they can be forced to serve up to 10 men each day, raped 10 times that day, children as young as three years old. That is an atrocity. We cannot overlook that. We cannot overlook that. I heard when I was in Brazil, and this trip just wrecked me, about a young girl who was chained in a woods without clothes, whose caregivers or parents or whomever would feed her whenever they felt they wanted to, and they would come out and rape her repeatedly. This is the world that we're living in. Okay, but God says has overcome the world, right? And in, in Revelation, it says that we will overcome the world by the blood of the lamb and the testimony of the saints. So let me testify, okay? <laughs> there was a number of years ago, uh, one of our first homes in Thailand graduated their first group of girls. There was five or six of them. And all of them, growing up in a Buddhist and animistic culture where they worshiped their ancestors, they became Christian, and they decided that they wanted to go to school to become missionaries, to be missionaries in Myanmar, which is a horrible country. Americans aren't going to get in there and evangelize, but Thai girls can get in there and do that. So just an amazing story. Uh, we don't overtly evangelize to the children because they're in a situation where if we told them you should become a Christian, then they do because they're being cared for, especially in the cultures that they're in. But we, sh we show them the love of God. 
number one, first thing, you know, the, the homes, the, the vehicles that are driven, I mean, the, the host parents, they can just completely destroy those if they make a mistake. But the love of Christ is the number one thing to show these kids, and they start to wonder, like, why? Why would you do this? We've got people who have a master's degree in sociology and in uh, psychology that are house parents that live with 20 girls 24-7. They're some heroes, right? And, and yet it's because they, they love these girls as Christ loves, and the boys as well. And so the kids start to see that, and they come to know the Lord. And 90% of the children make a profession of faith. So again, the, the, the kids that Satan thought he was taking out are now loud and powerful with the voice of Christ to take them out. We, uh, we have a, a girl who's very, very special in our hearts who calls us mom and dad and grandma and grandpa who are sitting in the back, and her name is Nice, and she is. Uh, but she lived from the age of 12 to 14 homeless. In, well, she had a home. She just didn't have any family. So her uh, high school is boarding school in these countries, so her older sister went away. And her mom couldn't do physical work. They lived in a farming village. So her mom went to the city to work and would come home occasionally. Uh, so she was alone from 12 to 14. And she's tough. She survived. But she was uh, at risk. Her mom got remarried. Her uh, stepfather was an alcoholic. And she was concerned that she was going to be sold. And she was identified, brought into a Remember New Home. She said she hated it. Uh, and then she saw the love of Christ. And she has since graduated high school. She's graduated college. She got married. Uh, she called me and said, Dad, don't freak out, but I'm engaged. And I said, okay, that's fine. Um, and is now, she's just not long ago came back from a mission trip that her and her husband were serving on. So isn't that crazy, that redemptive story? We've got a girl who was just graduated in Myanmar uh, which their education system is is very, 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 very poor. And she graduated high school, she graduated college, and now she is a nurse. So uh, in, in Bolivia, we've had our first high school graduate. No one in her family, in her village, had ever graduated high school before. She has. She's going on to college. We had uh, girls in Thailand who became Christian. They went back to their villages. There was a relative who was sick and her friend, and they evangelized them, and they prayed for them, and the people were eventually healed, and then they became a Christian, and they started evangelizing in their villages. How about that? And, and to that, I would say, see what happens when the church doesn't turn a blind eye, yeah. and when the church is willing to go to difficult, scary, uncomfortable, costly places. Um, yes, praise God for the deliverance from this evil abuse. Um, praise God for the rescuing from that. And even more so, praise God for the work of salvation that has spread from the love of Christ. And in case you're wondering, well, Bob, if, if they live in a culture where you would tell them to become Christians and they would say yes because of honor, shame, and become Christians, then why not do that? Well, because they need to have genuine, self-owning faith. And so you don't want just a, well, okay, you're helping me out, so I guess I'll be a Christian. No, they need to hear and understand and believe the gospel. 
And so they make a wonderful platter, so to speak, to deliver that gospel through the love of Christ. And, and it's obviously very fruitful. With, I don't know if you heard it because he said it so fast. 90% of the Remember New Kids are believers. 90%. This is a good work. Um, so um, uh, now I would say to... We've got just maybe five-ish minutes left to the person who hears about these atrocities and, and is feeling compelled, feeling the love of Christ, compelling them, going, I, yeah, I want to do something. I want to do something. What can I even do? How would you answer? Do something. Because <laughs> um, we have an excuse as to, again, well, you know, I don't know, someone's doing something or I want to do something else, but that's just an, that's just an excuse. Um, the heart, as it said in the video of this ministry, is child sponsorship. And I know that's thrown around a lot, and there's a lot of people asking about that, a lot of organizations. But what I'm so proud of is that 100% of the child sponsorship funds goes to the child and the homes and the, and the parents that care for them there. There's no administrative cost taken off. We raise our own financial support. Uh, we have donations at a higher level that handle like the accounting and the IT person and things like that. Uh, but 100%, there's another organization, there's some out there and Josiah just did some research and I think it was like 40% went to the actual child or less than that. 40% went to the home. Right. So out of every dollar, 40 cents goes to the child. So, oh, man, there's so many ways that you can get involved that way. And the children, uh, I can, do we only have five minutes? Okay. Let's make it 10. Okay. All right. It's the last service. We can roll, can't we? Just, just pray for the kids' workers real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, but I forgot about them. Okay, so communication is key. That woman that shared that story on that sidewalk that changed the trajectory of our life and you all, because you're hearing that. So share, share, share. I asked in the first service, does anyone know somebody? Okay. Well, then you can share with them what you heard. We've got these out on the, the table out there. And it says a little bit about us, but more so it says that teaches you how to be an advocate. It talks about what the problem is. It talks about what Remember New does. And it gives the success stories of God, and it creates an awareness situation where we just don't know what can happen with that. If you would like, uh, you can call me, you can email me, we could set something up through the church within a half hour, 45 minute Zoom call. You can be trained to be an advocate for this situation. You can have uh, gatherings in your home where I'll help you put together a presentation where you can share about this and how to get involved. Volunteers run this organization, so there's ways to get involved in helping as like a liaison between the child sponsors and the children in the homes. And the cool part about that is you get to see all the pictures of the kids. They're so awesome. They're so cute. And uh, numerous other ways. We talked, too, about what's, what, are you, what are you excited about? What drives you? Maybe you're a photographer. Well, maybe you're called to go to Africa and take some photos of some kids. Or maybe you're called to take some photos of the gathering in your home where you had this, you know, little dessert party talking about that. Um, 
maybe you are, you've got 4,000 followers on Facebook and you interact with all of them. Uh, but you can be, every day you can be putting the word out there. We had a family here at Word of Grace that had a, a restaurant downtown and they had information at their checkout and they had an opportunity to talk to people as they came in about what this was about. So if you feel compelled to be a part of this, talk to me and we will find where God has a spot for you. There is no excuse. What about the sandbags on the river? Oh, yeah. Well, and that's... So I heard this story of the imagery of a river that's flooding. And so when you think of trying to stop that, you, you can envision in your mind that some people are holding the sandbags and some people are shoveling the sand in and then they're tying it up and they're handing it down the, the row. And then finally, someone is putting the sandbag on the riverbank to stop it from flooding. But the mission of everyone in line is not to serve the person putting the sandbag on the riverbank. The purpose, the mission of everyone in line is to stop the river from flooding. So we're in line, Amy and our family, and, and giving like Word of Grace gives. You're giving through us, not to support us. You're giving through us to stop child sex slavery through prevention. And so whether you're taking, you're telling people about this, you're sponsoring a child, whatever it is, you're in line. And the mission is to stop the river from flooding. And you can all be a part of that. It doesn't matter where you are in line, get in line. Bob, what if we're scared? What if we, what if we feel compelled by the Holy Spirit to, I'm that photographer and you're asking me to go to Kenya, to wherever, and I'm scared. What do you tell me? Tough. <laughs> well, we're all afraid of something, right? And that, that may not be where God says you should go. I mean, say, I'm railing God, you know, if you provide the funds and the opportunity, then I'll go. If you shut the door down, then I'll do something else. But we're, we're afraid of something, but so are these kids. And what they're afraid of is a lot worse than our fear. Just say, God, what do you have? And we're, we're not where we thought we were going to be with regard to Remember New. We're doing something much different. But we said, okay. Okay. And yeah, it's scary. And every day we talk about, we'd rather say, give us this day, Lord, our next 20 years bread instead of today's bread. But those are things that uh, when we compare ourselves to what these kids are going through, it's nothing. That's incredibly compelling. We could be afraid, we could be scared, but it isn't nearly as scary as what those kids are facing. I would remind us of a verse that we read a few months ago in James, James 4.17, where James said, so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. I don't think any of us would hear this conversation today and wrestle with what the right thing is to do. You might wrestle with where's your place in the line on the riverbank. You might wrestle and pray through and discerning Am, am I shoveling the sand? Am I bagging? Am I passing a bag? Am I throwing it on the bank? That might be something to wrestle with, but none of us wrestle with what's the right thing to do. And I would remind us of something he said earlier. We need to ask ourselves. God sovereignly chose what family you would be born into. 
that you would live in Wisconsin, that you would have skills and abilities and liberties that would make it to where you could be affluent. And if you think I'm not affluent compared to these countries, you are filthy rich. We all are. We must ask ourselves, why am I in position with liberties and with affluence to where I could make a difference? And therefore, what must I do? Remembering the parable of the talents where where the master gave talents to three different individuals of varying degrees, and the master went away for a time and then came back, and they gave an account, not for what they did compared to someone else. God's not going to look at you and say, uh, you didn't join Remember New the same way that Bob and Amy did, so that's a failure. No. We give an account to the Lord for what He gave us. What did He give you? What's your resources, your network, your relationships, your connections, your opportunity? Why did God give you the opportunity that He gave you? My prayer is that Word of Grace would be a church that would refuse to pretend we don't know these things. That would refuse to go, ah, tough for them, but I've got it pretty good and I like my American dream. Let it not be so. Amen? Lord, I pray today that your Holy Spirit would be at work compelling us to act giving us wisdom and clarity on how we are to act individually and even collectively as a church, and that you would give us the courage and the boldness to act. Lord, whatever that is for each of us, make it clear. I ask that you would give us the courage to act today, whether that's talking to Bob today or making phone calls today or going to the website today, signing up today, doing whatever it is that you would put on our hearts to do that we would not let that inspiration wane or fade, that conviction, let it be anchored deep in the Word of God, in the character of God, in your Spirit within us. Compel us to act, Lord, for the salvation, for the rescuing of these kids, as well as for their eternal salvation, to the praise of your glorious grace. In Jesus' name. Would you stand as we respond in singing this morning? If it's been in the broken, a washing filthy feet, here I am, Lord, send me. If it's loving.
I love